It's good to see everybody out this morning. I've always heard that an illustration is worth a thousand words. So, I have an illustration this morning. Like I said earlier in the earlier service, this isn't an escape artist type of trick. drag something around like that every day. And what if you saw me out at Myers or one of the stores or one of the malls carrying this chain like this? Do you think you would go up to me and say, Preacher, what are you carrying that for? Well, I've always carried it. Just the way it is. Just carry it all the time. Well, why? Just because. Something I do. Well, if you saw me out, the first thing you'd probably do if you was with somebody else, you'd say, Has he got that locked on his arm? Is there a lock? Maybe he lost the key. And then you would examine it and see, well, no, it's kind of just on there. On there. He hooked it. And so you might come up to me and say, you know, preacher, you don't have to carry that around with you. You could just let go. You could just leave it right where it's at. Maybe you convinced me to do that. And so for a couple of days, I walk away free, maybe a week, maybe a month. But then I go back. Take the chain, wrap it back around my arm, hook it, and start carrying it all over. Thank you. Yes, get the point. You probably know where I'm going with this, don't you? Not very far with this. I'll leave it right there. Don't trip over that when you come to do closing prayer. You might think I'm crazy if I was seen out in public carrying that around all the time. In fact, somebody told me they wouldn't approach me because they would think that there was something wrong with me. And I sometimes wonder, what does God think of us? We sin, and sometimes we carry it around with us still, even after God's forgiven us. Someone does something to us that hurts us, maybe a parent, maybe a spouse, maybe our children, maybe someone we work with, maybe an elder, maybe a deacon, preacher, whatever it may be. Someone's hurt us and we're not going to let go. And we want to carry it around with us forever. Now you look at me and you say, well, that'd be crazy to drag that around 
Unless you're on the chain gang. Well, I'm not on the chain gang. That's just something that I choose to do. And so this morning, I want to talk about forgiveness and why we need to let go and why we need to forgive each other and why it's not a term I like to use, forgive ourselves. And I say that I don't like to use that term. I've said that before because I think our when we fail to forgive ourselves, it's really a lack of trust that we have in God forgiving us. When God says it's removed as far as the east is from the west, it is removed as far as the east is from the west. Do I believe that He's forgotten it? No, I believe that He can remember it. And we'll see that this morning. But when He says He's removed it, He's not going to bring it up against us again unless we're unwilling to forgive others. There are two aspects of, uh, or two main levels of forgiveness. Forgiveness from God to us, and then forgiveness from us to others. And most of us are really excited about the forgiveness that God gives us. That when we obey the Gospel, many times we're like the Ethiopian eunuch. We go on our way rejoicing. We're happy. We're thrilled. A burden has been lifted. We've seen people that have come out of that baptistry and they're all smiles. And I've had people describe it as there's a burden has been lifted off my shoulders because there's joy in their heart. And there's happiness because they no longer have to carry that guilt, that pain of the sin that they had in their life. But we sometimes stumble on the the second part of that forgiveness. And that is where we extend that same forgiveness that God has extended to us, we sometimes struggle with giving it to our fellow man, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to a family member, to someone that we work with. We're glad when the Lord forgives us. Maybe the trouble is that we, have, we struggle with God's forgiveness and trusting Him to forgive us because we fail to forgive others so often. All of this is something that is very important. I would imagine that there are some that are wishing, well, I wish others were here to hear this message. Because it's someone else's problem. I don't have a problem with forgiveness. I'm afraid that we have a problem with forgiveness more than we might think. Just because I'm not not out uh, trying to tear somebody down and destroy them, sometimes we still hold a little bitterness in our heart. Sometimes we hold sure have strings attached to the forgiveness that we extend to others. And other people may be bitter, and other people may have a problem with it. But it's okay for you to be bitter. And it's okay for you to be angry. And it's okay for you to stew and to fret over what someone has done to you. You're allowed to have that grudge. And if others knew what happened to you, then they would understand. If I knew what happened to you, well, then I would understand also. It's true that I don't know what happened to you. And others may not know what has happened to you. But this I do know, and that is that God and our, our Savior, they know what's happened to you. And I know what Jesus has taught us 
about forgiveness. And so today's message is from the Word of God, like I hope all other messages are from the Word of God. It's something that the Lord wants us to practice. And it's something that you and I need to have in our lives. We need to be willing to extend that same forgiveness that God has extended to us. And so this morning, let us learn from what the Bible teaches us. For we understand that unforgiveness is a problem. And forgiveness is is mentioned, but unforgiveness is something that is kind of bad. Why? Because it's kind of sneaky. It's more subtle than most sins. It crawls into our spirit. It gets in there innocently. It seems noble because you know we're justified in what how we treat others and what they've done to us. We can respond accordingly. And sometimes we don't even know that that spirit is there until it's really got a hold of us. And that's why it's important that we look at our lives, that we look at our relationships, and make sure that they're right. It's also more common than most sins. Many people struggle with that problem. We all battle it from time to time, even those who may not stumble over some of the bigger sins, if you want to call them that, of the flesh. The lack of forgiveness seems to affect more people every day. I think that that's one of the big problems in our society today, that people cannot let go. They've got to hang on. It's more dangerous than other sins. More dangerous in the fact that it can cause destruction. It can divide churches. It can break up marriages. It can destroy homes. It can destroy a nation. It's caused people from time to time to commit suicide. To take their lives because of what's happened. It causes people to be miserable. Unforgiveness is... Some people have called it the cancer of the soul. Why is that? Because it eats at them. There's a list in the bulletin of things that kind of indicate that you're being eaten alive by unforgiveness. I found that on the internet. It's not from a member of the church, but it had a lot of good information there. Then there's a website or a spot where you can go and Google it and look it up. Uh, on your own. But it also has some of the answers on how to deal with some of those issues. But if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew, the 18th chapter. Because Jesus dealt with this issue with Peter. And it's a lesson for all of us that we can learn, that we need to apply to our lives. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew, the 18th chapter. In verse 21, beginning, it says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how ought shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times. And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. I want to stop right there because Peter seems to think that he's very generous with his forgiveness. Seven times, that's great. I've done it seven times, so why should I do it again? But Jesus goes on to tell him that not just seven times, but seven times seventy. And when you think about that, is, is Jesus saying, keep track of it? I think that Jesus is saying that it's unlimited. And think about all the times that we go to God and we ask Him to forgive us. If it was only seven times, we would all be in trouble. And even if it was seven times 70, we would still be in trouble. 
Because when we pray to God, most of the time we all ask Him to forgive us of our sin. Every time we pray in services, we usually ask for the forgiveness of sin. That's how important that is, our relationship with God is. We want the forgiveness of sin. Peter thinks that he's generous in doing it seven times. And so Jesus goes on and He gives a parable. And that parable is relating, related to forgiveness. And our relationship with God and His relationship with fellow, His fellow man. So let's go on to verse 20. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison until he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. And his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. In this simple story, we find a man who owes a king a very large sum of money. And the amount that he owes, he cannot pay. It's so large, it's beyond his means to pay. And he's about to be thrown into prison. And the man pleads for mercy, and the king gives it to him. The debt is erased, and the man can walk free. Can you imagine that if you had a mortgage payment or a car payment and the, and, and the person you owed that to or the company that you owed that to just said, you're free. You don't have to pay it anymore. You, can you imagine how uplifting and, 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 and exciting that would be? And I would imagine that this man was very excited to know that this debt had been erased and he no longer had to pay it. I would imagine that there was some rejoicing in his heart to know that he'd been let off the hook, so to speak. How the man ended up owing so much money, I have no idea. But it's clear that that debt was huge. Each one of us has accumulated a huge debt toward God. We think about all the blessings, the physical blessings that we have from nature and things of that nature. Of that nature we realize that God's blessed us tremendously. But it's sin that separates us from God. It's sin that we cannot go out and make enough money to pay the price for that sin. We need the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from our sin. And it's only through Christ and what He did on the cross, and it's only through God's love that He was offered on the cross that you and I can have that forgiveness. 
And so God tells us what we need to do in order to have that forgiveness, to have that debt erased. He tells us what we need to do and we humbly submit to His will and that debt is cleared. That's joyful, isn't it? That's exciting, isn't it? That's good news, isn't it? Think about that. Because you know what? Hell is what we all deserve. Each one of us deserves eternal punishment for what we have done. You say, well, what have I done to God? Sin is against God. And when I sin, I hurt God. And when I sin, I hurt the body of Christ. And when I sin, I hurt myself and that relationship that I have with God. And so it's very important to understand that when God forgives us, what it means that we're reconciled back that we're in that right relationship with Him. We can call Him our Father. We can call Jesus our elder brother. We can call each other our brothers and sisters in Christ. And with that sin, we realize that God is willing to forgive us if we will humbly submit to His will. That debt will get erased. And just like that, it's gone. It's called grace. It's called mercy. It's called forgiveness. And He offers it to everyone. But whether we accept it or not, it's up to you and me. But the story doesn't end there, does it? The man had someone who owed him just a few dollars. He immediately walks out from the presence of the king and he goes up to his fellow servant and he demands payment. The Bible says he grabs him by the throat. It seems like he's bitter. He's angry. I want my money. Forgotten about what he'd been forgiven of. But I want what's mine. Understand, he didn't need that money to make a payment. It was purely selfish reasons why he demanded the money back. But we know the rest of the story. The king heard about what happened. He calls the man in. He scolds him, chews him out a little bit, and then delivers him to the tormentors, puts him in prison. And in this prison, he faced torture until he could repay. What we need to understand is that unforgiveness is a self-inflicted prison. It's like having this chain wrapped around your arm without a lock. You put it there. I put this one there. And you could unhook it any time. But you choose to keep it attached. It's self-induced torture. It's a ball and chain of your own making. And no matter what anybody did to you first, forgiveness or unforgiveness is your own choice. After all, if it were not a choice, then why would we be told so many times in the New Testament to do it? If we had to say, if we had no say in the matter, 
Would a loving God tell us to forgive? It's possible to forgive. Listen to what the Bible tells us. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Paul tells us here that we are to forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 4, And forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I don't know about you, but I think that that's a frightening passage of Scripture. Because it makes it very plain that if I am unwilling to forgive other people, then God is unwilling to forgive me. I want to go to heaven. I hope you want to go to heaven. But we can't get to heaven if we have sin in our lives and we're not taking care of it. And you say, well, you don't know what happened to me. I know I don't know what happened to you. But God does. And I don't have the right to carry that grudge. You say, well, they never asked for forgiveness. I'll ask you this. When they were driving them spikes into the hand of Jesus, and He was being nailed to the cross, and He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Does it say anywhere in those passages where anybody said, Jesus, forgive us for what we're about to do? No, it doesn't. Did that let them off the hook? No. And brethren, that's what we need to remember that when we let go, they're still on the hook with God. And God is a much better judge than you or me. Now, if we offend somebody, we know that we have an obligation to take care of that ourselves, that we need to go to that individual and talk to them, tell them we're sorry. But if they don't, then that means I can hold a grudge. That means I can become bitter. That means I become angry. That means that I can carry it around with me just like that ball and chain for the rest of my life and show people and tell people how awful that person is. No, it doesn't mean that, does it? That's why it's important that we forgive. Mark chapter 11, verse 25, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Now what does it say there? When you stand praying. When you're praying, what are you supposed to do? Forgive. All those verses tie in with Matthew chapter 18 and verse 35 where it says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every man or every one his brother their trespasses. What's Jesus saying? If you're unwilling to forgive others, you will not be forgiven. 
you're not going to go to heaven. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verses 37 through 38. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye met withal, it shall be measured to you again. Jesus seems to be implying that you're forgiving others is how much God's going to forgive you. Scary thought, isn't it? See why it's important that we examine ourselves and try not to hide it. You know, sometimes we can make it look good on the outside. Oh yeah, I forgive you. I've seen people say, yeah, I forgive you. Shake them, shake hands with them, hug them, walk away and talk about them behind their back. Does that forgive us? We've known people that can talk about problems that happened in their life years ago. People are dead and gone. They're not affecting their life anymore. But yet they're still hanging on, carrying that ball and chain. And they could let go and let God take care of it. It's a scary thought to know that our forgiveness is dependent upon how we forgive others. Forgiveness of others, let me say it again, is tied to our forgiveness from God. So why is it important that we forgive? There are several reasons. So we can be like our Father in heaven. He forgives us. Think of the tremendous amount of sin that you've had in your life. You may think that you're perfect. But I'm sure that if you really look and compared your life to the Bible, you would find out that there's things lacking in your life. Remember the rich young ruler who came to Jesus? Well, Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. Go and sell what you have and give it to the poor. And he went away sorrowful. I venture to say there's probably a few more things in his life that wasn't just perfect. And when we look at our lives, we find that there's things that we need God's forgiveness for. And He's willing to forgive us when we take care of it the way He's told us to. Second point is, it helps us understand all those things that we've been forgiven of. You know, as a parent, sometimes our children don't always do what we want them to do. And as a parent, have you ever been hurt by your children when they hurt when they do something that they're not supposed to do? It hurts, doesn't it? You're not there physically while they're doing it. You're, you're not even a party to it. But when you find out about it, it hurts, doesn't it? Do you think what we do hurts God? Because what do we say to our child? You knew better. You know better. What do you think God could say to us? Because we know better too. But He forgives us. Because it's better for our souls. Why is it better for our souls? Have you ever seen someone that was unforgiving, <clears throat> wouldn't let go? Sometimes they become very bitter, angry, 
They're never happy. There's no joy in their life. Oh, there may be times that they're happy, but deep down they're miserable inside because they're still hanging on to it. They're still in that prison. They still got that ball and chain attached to them. They're still lugging that around with them when they could have let go of it years ago. You say, preacher, you make it sound so simple. No, I don't make it sound so simple. I know it's hard. But I also know you have to want to do it before it's going to happen. You see, I believe all that God commands us, all the things that He wants us to do, all the things that He wants us to avoid, is not because He doesn't want us to have fun. But it's because He knows what's good for us. It's like a child that doesn't like to eat their vegetables. As I mentioned this morning, I have a grandson that don't like to eat his vegetables. And sometimes I'll say, I'll give you a quarter if you eat this. I'll give you a nickel if you'll eat this. We'll do this if you'll eat those. Sort of bribing. But why do we want them to eat their vegetables? Because we know that that's good for them. We know that it'll help build a strong body. It'll help their mind. It'll help their sleep. It'll help their appearance. It'll help all aspects of their life. And God knows that also. And so the things that He tells us to do are there for our good. To help us to develop as a Christian and be what God wants us to be. Because following what God wants is better for our soul than not following them. <clears throat> but notice what else we learn from the Scriptures. That forgiveness brings freedom. In Matthew chapter 18, and verse 27, the king let that servant go. He owed that tremendous debt, but he was forgiven. And that forgiveness brought freedom. He could walk out of that court realizing that he did not have to worry or be concerned about punishment. It means that he was not a slave. And when we have forgiveness, we're not a slave to work out our own debt in service to God. He just gives us eternal life when we obey His will. We're freed. Can you imagine being that individual going into the king? You think he was afraid when he went in and he owed that tremendous debt? Think there was terror in his heart? I've known of people that when they sin, and they knew that they needed to obey the Gospel, well, they couldn't sleep at night. They were scared to go to bed. They were concerned. Why? Because they hadn't taken care of the problem. And this servant needed to take care of the problem. And he could only do it with his king's help. We need to take care of our sin problem. And we can only do that with God's help. And he was going, this man was going to spend his entire life trying to repay that debt <clears throat> that he would never be able to pay. But forgiving that debt set him free. When God forgives our debt of sin, it sets us free too. Free to love, free to move without having to carry that ball and chain around with us of guilt. 
and it lets us go. I would imagine if you carried that thing around with you for a while, you would feel a whole lot lighter when you let that burden down. But what does unforgiveness do to someone? It puts them in a prison. What Jesus is telling us is this. If you don't forgive others, then you won't be forgiven by God. And brethren, that's just the truth. Unforgiveness of others means that we will not be forgiven by God. If you don't think God could forgive you or has forgiven you, then maybe that's a problem in your life. Because you see, sometimes our problem with God is the fact that we have trouble forgiving people ourselves. And if we can't forgive someone, it's hard for us to comprehend how God could forgive us. And so it's important that we, we extend that forgiveness to others that God has extended to us. Second, forgiveness brings closure. A servant was able to walk away from his debt. Would he forget? You think he forgot the amount that he owed? I doubt it. We seem to think that if we've been forgiven, then we will forget. We're not going to forget. We're not going to forget the things that we've done in the past. Paul never forgot those things that he did in the past, but he left them back there and he didn't dwell on those things. We can use those things to learn a lesson. It can help us to be stronger. But for forgiveness is not a substitute for forgiveness. Forgetting is not a substitute for forgiveness. In fact, on the road to forgiveness, we may have to remember the horrible things that have happened to us. But when we forgive, that closes the door on those things. It says, I will not let that emotional baggage keep me down. And if I do remember, I will choose to forgive. I kind of look at it as like a payment plan. That we may forgive someone and when we see them again, that thought comes in our mind, look, oh, I remember what they did. And I make another payment. I make another forgiveness payment. And in some cases, you know, we buy a car, we buy a house, you know, sometimes that payment plan is short. But sometimes that payment plan of forgiveness Maybe like a mortgage payment that goes on and on and on and on, that you have to do it quite often. And every time you think about it, that's another payment you made. Every time you see them and you're reminded of what they that's another payment. And every time that you're with someone else and you're tempted to bring up what they did to you over there, you make another payment. You don't bring it up. You keep it to yourself. Forgiveness is a choice. And you can choose to keep the emotion behind those locked doors. You can walk away from it. It's easy. Or it's not easy. But it's possible. We have to ask God for help. You say, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what I've been through. I don't. 
But God does. You don't know what all Jesus went through, but He still was willing to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God will help us if we ask Him. He'll give us the courage to forgive. And we can ask for that freedom that comes from letting go and letting God take care of it. Ask God to show you through His Word of how we can move on. And here's something that's very important. Forgiveness brings life. If you have your Bible, turn over to Colossians chapter 2. But I want you to see what it says there in that verse. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. I've, I've mentioned this before. But I think it bears repeating. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath a quickened together with him, having forgiven all your, or you all trespasses. That's the King James Version. Other versions say he's made you alive and forgiven your sins. <clears throat> that quicken word there is a word that we don't use too much in our vocabulary. It's in the King James Version. But what it means is to be made alive. And Paul is putting being made alive and forgiveness in the same sentence. He's tied them together. That we were dead in our trespasses, as Scripture teaches us in other places, we're dead in our trespasses, but what made us alive? What brought life to us? And that's the simple fact that God forgave us of our sins. We were dead in our sins. But when we obeyed the Gospel, when we went down in that water and we came up out of that water, we're a new creature. We're made alive. And we keep on living. And when we sin, we take care of that sin the way we read in First John chapter 1. And we confess our sin and He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. So we find life when we forgive. We find joy. We find peace. We find hope. We find strength. Think about that. In your own life, when you needed someone to forgive you and they did, and you knew it and there was no doubt about it, were you happy? Did you have joy? Did you have peace? Did it give you strength? And how do you feel when somebody says, I'll never forgive you? I'm going to hold that against you for the rest of your life. You have that same joy? You have that same peace? No. You may be able to get past it. You may be able to forgive them for what they just said, but it still hurts, doesn't it? We give life when we forgive. <clears throat> and we give it to ourselves and to those who we struggle to forgive. Remember, letting them off the hook doesn't let them off God's hook. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, they still had to answer to God. They still had to repent and change themselves. And I believe that on the day of Pentecost, when you see that about 3,000 souls added to the Lord's church because they were baptized into Christ, I believe in that group was some that were there that were crying, crucify Him, crucify Him. But they could be forgiven. In closing, 
I heard this thought a long time ago. It says, holding an offense against someone is like being a jailer. While the offending party is in jail, they're keeping him there for good. You alone have the key to let them out, but you just won't because of what they did to you. The problem is, since you're the jailer, you're stuck there too. Oh, the person might be behind the bars, but you can't go anywhere either. Why? Put the chains on yourself. Are they locked on? No, he's just holding on to them. Could he let go? Well, he could. He just seems to want to carry it around anyways. As I said earlier, I think that if I carry this around with me, I'd get a lot of attention. There would probably be strangers that would come up and ask me, why are you carrying that ball and chain? Sometimes we don't want to let go because we like the attention. And brother, we need to let go. And remember that we're not going to be forgiven if we don't forgive others. So the question is, will you turn the lock on the key? You turn the key into the lock? It says somebody free. Will you forgive someone? This morning, if you need to respond to the invitation, you can do so. You have that opportunity. I will stand aside.